Good morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. This morning we are continuing with our series on the names of God. And so far we've been looking at, at names. We've looked at two names so far and they both started off with the, the, the name El. So El Elyon and El Shaddai is the, the, the two that we've looked at. They, they are the two that we've looked at here so far in this series. And today we're changing direction just a little bit here as we're going to be looking at a name that has a different designation, and that is Jehovah. Jehovah. Jehovah Rapha is what we're going to be looking at here, and it means the Lord who heals. And I'm excited to look into this uh, because I think that it is important that we understand who God is and, of course, that he is a healer. He is a healer. But before we get into that, we're going to go to Ecclesiastes chapter 7, uh, as we're going to continue our scripture reading, and I'm going to be uh, reading the entire chapter. It's a little bit longer here this morning, so uh, bear with me as we go through Ecclesiastes chapter 7. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting, for that is the end of all men, and the living will take it to heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by a sad countenance the heart is made better. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of, uh, of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear the song of fools. For like the crackling of thorns under a pot, so is the laughter of a fool. This also is vanity. Surely oppression destroys a wise man's reason, and a bribe debases the heart. The end of a thing is better than the beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Do not hasten uh, in your spirit to be angry, for anger rests in the bosom of fools. Do not say, why were the former days better than these? For you do not inquire wisely concerning this. Wisdom is good with an inheritance and profitable to those who see the sun. For wisdom is a defense as money is a defense. But the excellence of knowledge is that wisdom gives life to those who have it. Consider the work of God, for who can make straight what he has made crooked? In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of uh, adversity, consider. Surely God has appointed the one as well as the other, so that man can find out nothing that will come after him. I have seen everything in my days of vanity. There is a just man who perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man who prolongs life in his wickedness. Do not be overly righteous, nor be overly wise. Why should you destroy yourself? Do not be overly wicked, nor be foolish. Why should you die before your time? It is good that you grasp this, and also not remove your hand from the other. For he who fears God will escape from them all. Wisdom strengthens the wise man more than ten rulers of the city. For there is not a just man on earth who does good and does not sin. Also, do not take to heart everything people say, lest you hear your servant cursing you. For many times also your own heart has known that even you have cursed others. All this I have proven by wisdom." I said, I will be wise, but it was far from me. As for that which is far off and exceedingly deep, who can find it out? 
I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and reason of things, and the reason of things, to know the wickedness of folly, even of foolishness and madness. And I find more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nests, whose hands are fetters, and who pleases God, uh, excuse me, he who pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be trapped by her. Here is what I have found, says the preacher, adding one thing to the other to find out the reason which my soul still seeks, but I cannot find. One man among a thousand I have found, but a woman among these I have not found. Truly, this only I have found, that God made man upright, but they have sought out many schemes. Now, this is an interesting passage of Scripture uh, that we see here in Ecclesiastes. And, and I, you know, I just want to start here with the verse 1, and that is, A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death is better than one's birth. What we see here that if you have a good name and you've built a legacy, that that's even better than the great joys of birth. And we know that birthing, there, that it's, it's a joyful time when people hold that new baby in their hands. It's a time that, of course, we go and we celebrate every single year. Uh, we call it our birthday, right? But if we go and we look and we see somebody who has a good name, somebody who's built a legacy, specifically a legacy of faith and trusting God and obeying God and following God, we can even say that their day of death is better than their day of birth. Not that we're glad that they're gone, but in the sense that we will remember what they did and what they left and what we can build upon. But we're going to be getting into this idea of the name of God, Jehovah Rapha, which is the Lord who heals, the Lord who heals. Now, as I mentioned before, we've, we've looked the last two days at El Elyon and El Shaddai. And so we've looked at that uh, idea of El, which is one kind of a name uh, for God, but we're going to be looking at Jehovah, and it, it really does give some depth and some interesting idea as to who God is. And it says this, uh, Jehovah is translated as the self-existing one or Lord. The chief meaning of Jehovah, it's derived from the Hebrew word uh, hava, which means to be or to exist. Uh, and it suggests also to become or specifically to become known. And, and this is the idea that God, uh, this is a God who reveals himself unceasingly. And, and this is something that I think is important to understand is that Jehovah, when God takes the name Jehovah, and if you remember, uh, I think we read this, I don't remember if it was yesterday or the day before, but we read from Exodus just a little bit, and it was this idea that uh, God told uh, Moses that, that they know him by this name, but they don't know him by this name. I think it was that they knew him by El Shaddai, but they, that they didn't know him by Jehovah. Uh, and, and so to go to them in the name of Jehovah. You see, it's not—sometimes uh, people want to use the name Jehovah and tie it specifically to, to Israel uh, in the Old Testament and the people Israel and to say that this is just a covenant name uh, with the Old Covenant and that it's only specific to, to that, uh, but really with this idea of to be known or to reveal yourself, 
This is the idea that God was going out of his way to reveal himself to the people Israel, but the whole design of Israel was that they were to be a nation of priests that other nations were to go and to look in so that they could know God. And so it's this idea that the Jehovah isn't just a name that God intended to use with just Israel. That's not the idea. It was that he was intending to make himself known to Israel so that Israel could make him widely known throughout the the ends of the earth. That was God's desire. That was God's design. That was his, his first hope was that Israel would be obedient, was that Israel would be obedient. But it also, as I mentioned, it is this idea of the self-existing one, the self-existing one. And so when we look at this idea of the self-existing one, it denotes this idea of life because you see, no one gave life to God. You are living today. I assume you're living today anyway, if you're listening to this. And if you're living today, you have to understand something. It is God who gave you that breath. It is God who gave you that life. It comes from him. He is the giver of life. And as the giver of life, he must be the self-existent one or he could not give that life. He is self-existent. There's no one who gave this to him. It means that he is the first. He is the one that is not dependent on anyone or anything. That's all it within the name Jehovah. I, I wish we could spend hours just going into this idea of being the self-existent one and all of the implications that it has. But but for today, I just want you to really understand this idea that, that God is self-existent. He is not dependent on anyone. He is therefore the, the, the giver of life because he is the only one who rightly can be the giver of life, because he possesses it independent of everything else. And that really plays into this idea of Jehovah Rapha, because Rapha, it means to restore, to heal, or to make healthful. In the Hebrew, when the two words combine, Jehovah Rapha, it can be translated Jehovah who heals. Jehovah who heals. And remember, this is, is the self-existent God, therefore the, the only one who can give life, and so he's also giving healing, which is, of course is tied to life, but also he's revealing something about himself. He, he wants to be made known, and so what does this mean? It means that he wants to be known and to be made known, not as the one who brings sickness, not as the one who brings death, but the one who brings life and healing. That is who God wants to be known as, because it's who he is. He is the one who brings life and healing. And this is interesting here, because it means essentially here that Jehovah is the great physician who heals all of our physical, spiritual, and emotional needs that people might have. In fact, this word Rapha, it's used 67 times in the Old Testament. And the, the root of this word, it is to mend by stitching or to cure, to cause to heal a physician or to repair. And it also denotes the idea of to thoroughly make whole. You see, when God goes and he heals someone, what comes from his nature is that he thoroughly makes them whole. Whole. Isn't that incredible? And God can 
do that, and he chooses at times to do this, and he wants to do this, and that is to heal people, and not just spiritually. There's a lot of times people just take the healing of God and put it in a spiritual aspect, which is really spiritualizing the Bible and not taking the Bible literally, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, and that's a problem, an interpretation problem, because now you are setting yourself as God above the Word of God as opposed to putting yourself in submission to the Word of God. But let's look at a few passages of Scripture where we see God the healer. And I hope that this really does bring hope today to people who are listening, because I'm sure that there are people who are listening today who have spiritual diseases. Maybe you need to know Jesus Christ as your Savior for the first time. Maybe you need to repent of some sin in your life. Maybe you've been struggling with some sin and you need some spiritual healing. But also, Maybe you need some physical healing that's in your life, and God can heal you, and he does heal even today. But maybe you're also someone who, who maybe you have some emotional uh, problems that are going on. Maybe uh, you're, you're dealing with a uh, j- just, you know, somebody has, has ab- uh, abused you and there's, there's something there that you're struggling with. Maybe it's not emotional, but maybe it's, it's mental that's there and you need healing today. Well, God can thoroughly make whole. It's in his character. It's who he is. It's part of Jehovah Rapha. He wants to be known. He wants you to know this that he is a healer and he wants to heal you. But like I said, let's get into the word of God here. Uh, Exodus chapter 15, verses 22 through 27 is what I'm going to read. And in verse 26 is specifically where this word is used. And this is uh, really where we're introduced to the idea of Jehovah Rapha, where he reveals himself in this way. And it says, So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness, and they found no water. Now, when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah, which means exceedingly bitter. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and there he tested them. And he said, If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and to keep all his statutes, I will put none of the diseases on you which I have brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you, or Jehovah Rapha. Then they came to Elium, and there uh, were twelve wells of water and seventy palm trees, so they camped there by the waters. Now, I want want to point out something here. He's not just talking about a spiritual disease or spiritual diseases, but actually physical diseases that came across the Egyptians. And God says, look, if you walk in obedience and walk in my commands, I am the Lord who heals. See, God does heal, and I, I think we will do a devotional series eventually on the healing that God brings in the, in the doctrine on healing, because I think that's really important to go and to understand. But th- this is something, just, just a little tidbit here, that the healing of God works within his will, and so therefore you must be within the will of God to receive the healing of God, and that's what's even being set up when he's revealing his character as to who he is as Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. But let's look at a few other passages of Scripture as well. Let's go to um, 1 Kings 18, verse 30. 
And it says this, then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him and he repaired the altar of the Lord uh, that was broken down. Now, the reason I put this verse in here is not because Jehovah Rapha is used. Well, it, it, it is some uh, it, it is somewhat used because you have the Lord here, uh, it, but it's actually Rapha Jehovah in this sense because it's the word repaired um, that that is being used as Rapha, that Rapha is being translated as, and it is talking specifically of the altar of the Lord as opposed to um, the character of God. But I wanted to use this verse so that you could understand the meaning of the word. It is this idea of truly repairing, building something back. And it is incredible to understand when it is used in the context of the altar of the Lord, because I believe that really draws a great imagery here that once God repairs you, once he heals you, you are to be an altar to him. And you should worship God, and you should serve Him and be used for His purposes. If you've received healing in your life, you need to be devoted to worshiping and serving God. And if you're seeking healing in your life, understand something. He doesn't want to just heal you um, and repair you so that you could go and do whatever you want to do, but so that you can be inside the will of God and be a worshiper of Him and a servant of him. In Psalm verse 30, or excuse me, chapter 30, verse 2, it says this, O Lord, my God, I cried out to you and you healed me. Once again, we have the Lord here, Lord my God, Jehovah, and you healed me, Rapha, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, our healer. This also brings up an important thing to understand about God and his healing, because once again, he wants to reveal that to you, that he is a healer. That's that idea of Jehovah. He wants to be made known. But also the idea that he wants you to ask for it. You have not because you ask not. And once again, perhaps you're asking amiss because you want to do it for your own good as opposed to the purpose of God. Instead of becoming an altar that's repaired, you you want to be a pagan altar for your own life. Well, that's not why God wants to heal you. One more verse here to go and to look at, and that's Isaiah 53, verse 5, a familiar passage. It says this, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, this is really looking at the the encompassing idea of the work of God and the desire of God, because God doesn't just desire to save your soul, although he does desire that, and that's an important thing, uh, because obviously he wants to save you. He, that's why Jesus died for our sins. But also we see the healing of God attached to this in, in passages on the atonement, which is something that's very important because it's not just that God simply wants to save you and then see you uh, suffer and die in sickness and have all of this sickness in your life and just be uh, absolutely terrible. That's that's not what he wants in your life, and, and the proof is in the pudding. I mean, th- there is no orthodox position within Christianity that believes that, that when we get our new body, it's going to be a body that's riddled with cancer. Nobody believes that. There's absolutely nobody who has that. And so if God wants you to walk in righteousness today, he wants your body to walk in health. Now, that doesn't negate the fact that it's appointed for man to die 
once and after that judgment that we're all going to die doesn't negate that because there are consequences for sin, both the sin that entered into the world and the sin that we have committed in our life. But we do know that God wants health for our life. And it's not just that he wants health, but that he did something to secure it with Jesus Christ, taking the punishment and the penalty for sin in the workings of sin, the effects of sin in your life. Did you know that when you come to Jesus Christ, you don't have to live in the effects of sin? I mean, yes, in general we do in the sense that this world is sin-affected. Yes, in general, in the sense that we have sin nature. But did you know that like relationships can be restored? Yeah, they can. Did you know that like you can go and don't have to be under the sway and power of sin anymore, so you don't have to be addicted to drugs or to alcohol, but that you can be restored and that you can be healed in that? And did you know that God can do that in your physical life also? It's because he is Jehovah Rapha. He didn't negate that. He didn't go and say, okay, now the New Testament's come. I'm going to quit being Jehovah Rapha. No, he is the unchanging God. So look to him and look to him for healing today. I don't know what you're struggling with, but I do know that people are struggling today. And let him be known in your life and in the lives of others. Let other people know that he is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Well, thank you for listening today. And remember Joshua 1, 8, and 9 as we depart. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Nothing we can't overcome.